This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Tonight, everybody, pretty good. Who's glad to be in church on Wednesday night? Amen. That guy right there, bless Rico, row number three. Look at that. That guy is happy. He is joyful to be in the house of the Lord. All right. Well, praise God. We're gonna have a good time together tonight. We got about 35 minutes here to really have an awesome time together. So let's do this. Um, the title tonight is this: Is are you obeying the word you know? Because I know a lot of people that have a lot of scripture memorized. Maybe they, you know, they, they went through Sunday school. They went through some confirmation or something like that. And, and they've got a lot of scripture memorized. And that's really cool. That's awesome. You should do that. But the question is, are you actually obeying those scriptures that you have memorized? Are you actually obeying the word of God that you know? And I know a lot of people that they're always looking for a fresh revelation from God. Like, what's the newest thing, man? I want in on that. They're always looking for a fresh word from heaven, a, a new revelation, something new. But listen, the new stuff, the, why is God going to give you some amazing fresh revelation when you won't obey the last thing that he told you to do? And I know a lot of times when people in their lives are like, I haven't heard God speak in so long. I, I, I don't even know what to do. I, 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 haven't, I don't know what the next step is. I feel like God's not talking. And typically, the reason that God is not giving you further instructions is because you didn't complete the last thing he told you to do. Why is he going to give you step three when you never completed step two? You've got to do it in, in his order, right? And so the question tonight is this. Are you obeying the word that you know? And so the first thing we're going to say is, number one, if you are a hearer only, you're deceiving yourself. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) We'll get there, people. We'll get there. So if you are a hearer only, you're deceiving yourself. I mean, and, and I'm not just making this up. I heard a great pastor I like one time say, it's not enough to only hear the word of God. And at first I was taken back like, how dare you insult God's word? I'm, oh. And then he brought, up, brought forth the scripture that I've known since I was five years old. James 1.22. Let's look at this. A lot of you know this. James chapter 1, verse 22. It is not enough to only hear the word of God. If you only hear the word of God, you will live a life of deception. And it's like, how is that even possible? We're talking about the word of God here. But James chapter 1. And verse 22, uh, you, you've got to know this verse. James 1, starting at verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There's a lot of people that are actually in deception, and they can't blame someone else. They're deceiving themselves because they, they hear the word. They may be in church, they may listen to preaching, they may read their Bible, but that's it. They only hear the word, they never do the word. And somebody that is not a doer of the word, it says, they're deceiving themselves. And so I'm asking you tonight, are you obeying the word that you know? Or are you looking for the next big thing, looking for God to just dump some heavy revelation on you? Are you, do you feel like, man, I'm stuck, I'm just, I feel dry spiritually, I'm not getting anywhere, it feels like my wheels are spinning, feels like just I can't hear from heaven what's going on. The question is, are you obeying the word that you already know? Now, there's a lot of people 
Now, no, the Bible says to tithe, right? And, and that's good. You should know that. But it's, you're not blessed just because you know to tithe. You're blessed when you do tithe, right? And, you know, there's a lot of people that know the Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself. That's great to know that, but there's no blessing in simply knowing what the Bible says. There's blessing in doing what the Bible tells you to do. And so there's lots of people I know, like, they're claiming promises from God. I've been guilty of this. One time I was in a dire financial situation. Bad. I needed, like... I needed about $1,000 within about four days' time, and I was heading out of state, and I needed it. And so I'm getting nervous. It's coming down to the wire. And I tell Katie, I'm like, well, honey, I'm claiming harvest. And she said, that's great, honey, but you haven't planted any seed. You can't claim any harvest. And I was like, oh, ow. Oh, that was that hurt. You know, my wife just slapped me across the chops. But it was true. How, do, how can you claim financial harvest if you haven't planted any seed? That doesn't make any sense at all. I was, I was, I knew what the word said. I knew that the Bible teaches that, you know, uh, that, that, that there's a, a season for harvest, but I hadn't done what it takes to get harvest. You can't harvest if there's no seed in the ground. I tell you this all the time. My brothers, two older brothers are farmers and they have, you know, thousands of acres of corn, but the corn doesn't come out of the ground if the seed's never planted. And they would look like a complete fool if they went out there in October and said, where's the corn? I can't believe this. I've been claiming it. I've been praying. I've been standing on the word and there's no corn. Well, they didn't do what it took to get corn. You got to plant corn seed to get corn to come up out of the ground. And so in this situation, she was absolutely right. I'm standing there spitting and, and crying out to God and kicking my feet and bring the harvest, Lord. And, and it wasn't coming. Because there was no seed planted. You don't reap the blessings of the word unless you obey what the word tells you to do. You've got to be a doer. I was deceived. I was literally thinking that God was just going to bring harvest into my life and I didn't have to do anything to make the harvest come about. I, Pastor Dave, was deceiving himself. And so we had a guest speaker in that weekend and, and I was, you know, going to give into the offering. And all of a sudden, you know, we're sitting there and I'm like, you know what? The money that I have in our savings account isn't enough to take care of this need anywhere. It's nowhere near it. So let's just empty the whole savings account and put it all in. And so I did. I put every, basically every penny I had in and not knowing where any more money would come from because that was pretty much it. And so that was Sunday. I needed about a thousand dollars. Uh, by, by Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. I was flying out of town. And so Monday, a bunch of money came in, and, and I, I mean, I got, uh, I got, somebody came up and gave me like 600 bucks, and then somebody else came, and I had a check come in for like $1,000, and then by the time it was all said and done, I had about 2,500 bucks, and I, I mean, just, I had no idea where any of this came from, but it all just came in. Why? Because I quit just being a hearer of the word, and I actually started being a doer. I like doers a lot more than I like talkers. I know a lot of people that are talkers. I know a lot of people that are hearers, and they're nice, fine people, but I like doers. I like people that actually do what Jesus says. I like people that actually do what we're talking about here and be a doer of the word. And so the blessing, the blessing is in the obedience of God's word, not simply in the knowledge of God's word. Can I get an amen on that? 
that's real. The blessing is in the obedience to God's word, not simply in the knowledge of God's word. There's a lot of people that know more about the Bible than any of us in here, but they aren't even as blessed as the smallest baby in our nursery because they don't obey any of the word. I know professional theologians. I, I, I mean, I know people that have, you know, have all these degrees and, and have studied, but they may not even be born again because they haven't even obeyed that simple command that if you'll confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And so, listen, it's nice to know, but it's a lot better to be a doer of the word. Think about this. Do you like it when somebody tries to tell you about a topic that they've read about, but there's no actual result in their life from it? You know people like that? Like, they've read all about it, they've just never done it, and they want to tell you about it. I mean, you know, think about, what, what if I got up here, and this may be hard for you to believe, but, and I gave, I mean, I want to teach you all about bodybuilding and weightlifting, right? Because the jacket's tight, but that's not for muscle, okay? Just, let's get real. Jesse tested that theory about ten minutes ago. Thank you. But, but it, I mean, you know, I get up here, like, I have read, I get magazines, I read, I pour over articles over the internet, I study, I know about it, I listen to podcasts, I hear about weightlifting and bodybuilding and read about it all the time. I just never do it. I just, but I want to tell you about it and tell you how much you should do it and judge you for how, what shape you're in, but, but I just don't do it. I, I read about it and I, I, I hear about it, I just don't do it. Would you want to listen to a guy like that that wants to come in and tell you how to get in shape? No. And I, I mean, and I'd say this, not any meanness at all in my heart. No meanness. Don't judge me. I'm not being mean at all. I have a friend that she's obese and she sells weight loss products. <laughs> and I'm not being mean. But it's like, I don't see any progress being made on her end there. I don't want to buy that product. It doesn't seem like it's working. And it doesn't seem, either that or there's something, something's going wrong there where I don't want the, 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 the results that you're getting. Amen? And so, not being mean, but there's a lot of Christians that way that I don't like the results in their life, yet they want to, I have people come in and, well, you really should preach this way. If I was in charge of that church, I would do this. And, and, and people tell you stuff like that, and you're like, let's see, you're on your sixth marriage, you're a million dollars in debt, uh, nobody likes you, you're foul, and you want to tell, no, listen, you've got to have some results. And what I'm telling you here is this, is that if you are a hearer only, you will be deceiving yourself. Let's look at verses 23 through 25. Verse 23 says, For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. So imagine you're looking in the mirror, and and like you see you've got something really nasty in your teeth. Has that ever happened? Maybe you ate some spinach or something, and you're like, and you, and you look, and you see it right there. Now, when you see this, do you do something about it? Or do you like, oh, that's gross, and just walk away? We've identified the problem. There is an issue here, no doubt about it. But it's not enough to just identify and acknowledge the issue. You've got to do something about it. And it says right here that somebody that, that hears and, and doesn't actually do anything about it, it's like a person that walks in the mirror. You see yourself, you glance. But then you turn and walk away and you forget what you even looked like. You forget that there's even any issues going on. Verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, 
and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And so there's been many times over the years that I've caught myself not actually obeying and being a doer of the word. And, you know, I'd, maybe I'd see somebody making a mistake and be like, don't they know the word says this about that? And pretty much every time I do that, I hear the voice of God come into my heart and say, and don't you know the word says this about what you're doing? Listen, it's real easy to look at someone else's life and say they should know the word says that. But are you obeying the word that you know? I can't control what other people do, but I know this much. You need to quit trying to apply scripture to everyone else's life and start applying it to yours. Amen? Come on. I, I remember this one night I preached this message on on love and kindness. It was a sweet little message, a beautiful little thing. And so after the service, this wife comes up to me and says, man, I am so glad you preached that. My husband needed that. He is not kind, and he needs to learn how to. And like, and i got to be honest, I was in my mind thinking, he needed to hear that? You're the meanest person I've ever met in my life. Nobody wants to be around you. You're, you're, I mean, you're, it's like the plague. Nobody, and I, you know, she was so mean to people all the time. And, and, and I, but at the same time, she heard this message and she was like, my husband needs to hear about love and kindness because he is so rude. And he was a pretty nice guy in all actuality. But the problem was she was a very deceived individual. She's moved now and I love her. God bless her. Send prayers to her, hon. But at the same time, she needed to apply the word to her life, not be worrying about everybody else's life. And, And I'm saying that to all of us tonight. It's real easy to look over and say, yeah, this guy, he should know the scripture. Say that he should be doing this right now. But is that your business? Or is your business you, and you should be obeying the word that you know? Amen? And let me show you something here. Luke chapter 6. Because there is a time for helping other people in their life, but you've got to do it in the right order. Luke chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 41 through 42. Luke chapter 6, verses 41 through 42. And so, it's so important that we, that we really get the, 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 the meaning of this. That God is not going to move you into the next blessing in life. God's not going to move you into the next phase. God's not going to pour out the newest revelation to you until you already start using what he gave you before. Until you already start walking in obedience to the scriptures that you already know. So Luke chapter 6, verses 41 through 42, it says, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? That's, I mean, that, that's deep right there. That's real. Can you imagine somebody's got about a toothpick size of a problem? They've got a splinter in their eye, and you've got a telephone pole sticking out of your head? And you're like, bro, you, you have got to get this together. You, you, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? And you've got a giant issue going on, and you're not even concerned about the giant issue? You want to worry about the toothpick problem when you've got a telephone pole attached to your cranium? And you want to talk to them? But what did Jesus say about this? He said, why worry about that? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough 
to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So notice Jesus did not say, never ever help somebody else with their issues or point, you know, where they need help. He didn't, and most people in our day and age want to say, take Jesus as saying that. He didn't say, never help your friend that has the speck in his eye. He just said, get the log out of your own eye first. Deal with your issues first. Get yourself on the right track. And then you will see well enough to help your friend with the speck in his eye. And so doesn't this sound like a deceived person right here? Somebody that's got a log in their eye, but they can't even, they're, they're not even dealing with that because they're trying to worry about the speck and this guy. That to me sounds like textbook deception right there. When I see someone like that, I'm like, that is a deceived person. And usually they know a bunch of words. I mean, they've, they've got this log and, and they, they, they have whole chapters memorized. But the problem is they're not doing any of it. And so they've got a log in their eye, but they're worrying about the speck in somebody else's eye. Don't be that type of a Christian. We need people in 2018 that will be doers of the word. We've had it long enough. We've done long enough. Had people that are listeners and and hearers and talkers. But it is the day and the time to have doers of God's word. When we get a church full of, when we get an army of Christians that are obedient and do the word of God, do you realize the threat that you are to Satan's kingdom? That's when whole cities turn around. That's when communities turn around. That's when God can bring about revival and great awakening when people are done just hearing it and when people start doing the word of God. Think about all the the average church. Think how many deceived people are in the average church. I'm not even talking about our church. Just the average church. How many people are hearers but not doers? I was taught this rule in Bible college, the 80-20 principle, the 20-80 principle. And, and in most churches, I think our church breaks this mold better than this. But in the average church, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Why is that? Because maybe only about 20% are actual doers of the word, and you got 80% that are hearers. And I, I've seen, I've gone to churches all over America and even other countries, and it's so true. You see, you know, the same, there could be a church of a couple hundred people. You see the same four or five people stacking the chairs, cleaning the toilet, and it's like, what is up with this? Isn't there like 180 other people here? What's going on? Well, there's a lot of hearers often, but there's not always doers. And I honestly, I think our church does a whole lot better than that. I, we really, really do. But overall, wouldn't it be great if you had a church full of 100% doers? Can you imagine what would happen with that? We'd turn this city upside down in no time. But the second thing I'm going to say tonight is this. Number one, if you're a hearer only, you're going to be deceiving yourself. Number two, if you're a hearer only, your house will fall. You want your house to fall? No, you don't. I'll, I'll answer that for you. You do not want your house to fall. That's a bad situation to be in. We're already in Luke chapter 6. Let's look at verses 46 through 49. This is probably one of my favorite Bible verses. Jesus says, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Woo! That is a question right there. I mean, that's a wake-up call. Because Jesus could be asking us that right now. He's confused. All these people keep saying, Lord, we love you, Lord, Lord. And he's like, why do you keep calling me Lord, but you don't even do what I say? I am not your Lord. 
There's a lot of people that have made Jesus Savior, but they've never made him Lord. I mean, they're going to heaven, but Jesus isn't the Lord of their life. They don't do anything he says to do, or very little that he says to do. When somebody is your Lord, they're they're calling the shots. You're submitted to them, and you're like, hey, my Lord said to do that. I'm going to go do this. When someone's your Lord, you do what they say. You obey them. You follow them. You you follow their teachings. When someone's your Lord. Now, again, there's a lot of great people that I know. They're Christians. Hundreds, thousands of people I know are Christians, no doubt about it. Jesus is their Savior, but they're like this group right here. Jesus is confused. I'm your Savior, but you need to quit calling me Lord because I am not your Lord. You don't do what I say. Can you see this right here? That doesn't make any sense. This does not make sense that you would call Jesus Lord if you're not going to do what he says. And now he goes on to make his his point further in verse 47. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then actually follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation at all. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. There's a lot of similarities between person one and person two. They've both come to Jesus. They've even both heard the word of Jesus. They both had storms. They both built houses. There's so many things in common here. But the difference is this, is that one guy was a doer of the word and the other guy was not a doer of the word. He didn't obey Jesus' teachings. And that's the difference maker right there. So what does that tell me? To have a right foundation in your life, it takes hearing the word and doing the word. Obeying what Jesus said. That's, that's the difference here. They both had storms. I mean, the exact same scenario comes to both guys, but one person has no foundation because they don't obey the word of God. That's something to look at right there. That's something to consider in your life. How secure is my foundation right now? Am I really obeying the word of God? Because you, I mean, hey, you're here at church. That's the right thing, no doubt about it. You're, you're worshiping, you're serving God. That is all the right thing to do. But are you obeying the word that you know? Because if not, you are going to be living a life of deception somewhere along the way, looking at other people's mistakes, but not even seeing your own. And then your house is going to collapse when the flood comes because floods come to everybody. Have you noticed that? Storms come to everyone's life, man. You are not, when you got born again, that did not mean you will never have issues or problems again. They come, man. They come to everyone, but the key is those that have the right foundation, it does not knock their house down. And so you've got to start considering what is your foundation. So I want to show you something here. I've got a couple weeks ago, I went to uh, in Rhode Island. This is the first Baptist church in America. This church was, it's 1638 in Providence, 1638. 38. Can you imagine the storms that this has seen? I mean, that's me and the kids and Katie at the bottom. Can you see the... No? Okay. Yeah, there I am. You can't see it. But anyway, we're down there on the step. This is, can you imagine 
the weather and the storms. I mean, this was there before George Washington was president. This was there before the Declaration of Independence. This was there before Elvis ever sang a song. This was there before we walked on the moon. This was there that long, and it is still standing. What happened? There's, they must have laid a good foundation. There's no way that they just went out there and started putting up boards on the dirt. Like, oh, this ought to do it. It's got a beautiful roof. The roof is beautiful. So there's, there's people that have a beautiful roof. All right? I'm talking about spiritually. I mean, it looks like they've got it all together. They've got a beautiful shingles. They may have a great landscaping. But that doesn't matter if the foundation isn't there. Because those shingles are going to go flying. That place is going to collapse to the ground if there's no solid foundation. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, my gosh, the house that Katie grew up in, I think it was, it was built like in the 1820s or something like that. And this house has been through tornadoes and all kinds of stuff. And the walls are like this thick, man. That They stinking built this thing to last. They built it to last. It's, it's incredible. And and this house, I mean, I, I love going out there. The house, it, you know, it's what nearly 200 years old or something crazy. It's still standing. It's still just fine. And yet there's been lots of houses built since 1820 that didn't last any time at all. They got blown down. Why? Because they weren't built right. Something wasn't right in there. They may have looked beautiful. They may have looked like, oh, my gosh, this thing's huge. It's got, I mean, look at the, 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 the landscaping. Look at, oh, it's a beautiful But none of that matters if the foundation is not solid. And I've seen so many people that from the outside, it's like, oh, my gosh, they have really got it together. They're blessed. Oh, man, they've got financial blessings. They I mean, people respect them. People want to be around them. They have got it together. And then strangely, some little storm may come that we've seen tons of people make it through and like everything collapses. It's over with. They, they, they blow the whole thing up. And it's like, what happened? Well, apparently, they didn't really have a good foundation. They focused on the outward. They focused on, you know, the stucco. They focused on the shingles. They focused on all the other stuff that's nice, but that comes later on. You do the foundation first, and then the other stuff comes. And so, you've got to examine your life tonight. Are you living in obedience to the Word of God that you already know. I'm going to ask that a thousand times tonight. Are you obeying what you already know to be true? Because number three is this. There is blessing in obedience. I have found that there's nothing that God told me to do in the Bible that is there to hurt me. Everything that God tells me to do in Scripture is for my good and for my benefit. Now, sometimes it's painful to step out and obey the word that I don't feel like obeying. It's, it's, it's difficult to love somebody and treat somebody right that's been really mean to you. But God's not doing that to pick on you. He's doing that because it's actually good for you. And in the end, there's blessing in it. There's so many things that the scriptures tell us to do. Tithing is for your benefit. Hello? That's to help you out, man. That's God tossing you a bone. That's God giving you a chance to get involved in his economic system and saying, hey, you're invited to come and do things my way. That's a good thing. That's not there to hurt you. That's there to help you. Amen? Everything that the Word of God tells you, every single thing in the Bible that is written to direct you to do something, it's for your benefit. It's not there to hurt you. 
But so many times we're like, I, I know it says this, but I don't really want to do that. I mean, that would, that would, that would take commitment. That would, that would really take stepping out of the box and doing something. I, you know, here's an easy example. See, we see so many couples in our day and age that they want to live together, but they don't want to get married. Why? And they know, well, I know the Bible says that. I know it says that, you know, fornication or whatever, but I mean, I don't know. You realize it costs a lot of money to have a wedding. That there's, yeah, that's, that's a lifelong commitment we're talking about. Yeah, people have done it for thousands of years, and it's worked out great until a bunch of screwballs came around in the last century and, you know, and, and, and made it just where, oh, I don't like this one anymore. And just Seriously? Do you realize the damage it's done to our society when people quit obeying the Word of God just in that one area? Just in that one area, it's nearly crippled a society, raised generations of kids that, that don't know what it's like to have a mom. It's a bad, bad thing. But before... I mean, the world wasn't perfect, but people knew this much. Well, we made this commitment, and, and, and they stuck with it. Listen to me. You've got to be a doer of the Word of God. When I, got, when I proposed to Katie, we were 19, and I went into work one day at FedEx, and I was like, I want to share the good news, right? Like, hey, everybody, got engaged over the weekend. Oh, my God! People, I mean, women were screaming, and men were like, Bro, you've never even lived with this girl. What is wrong with you? I'm, what? I thought you guys would be happy for me. What? I mean, I felt awful. Nobody was happy for me. They're making fun of me and all kinds of stuff, and they really put me down. I'm like, what is people that were church? I had a guy that went to a very large church that pulled me to the side. It's like, listen, I I appreciate your heart in this, but you guys have never even like been together. Are you you you've never even had sex with each other? How do you know you're compatible? And I'm like. First of all, that's very invasive. That is none of your business. But second of all, do you even read the Bible? What is wrong with you, man? And so people were, you know, are like, I, I mean, literally, this one woman like screamed in terror when I told her I was getting married. I'm like, what? I thought I thought it was a good thing. I found the girl I love. We, we, you know, we made a commitment to God. We stayed pure and holy. We, we didn't do bad things together. We, and you know, we, we got married and waited five years to have kids. And I mean, that's a bad thing. I thought it was a pretty good thing because that's what the Bible says to do. And guess what? So many people that think that they know better than the word of God, we find out time and time and time again that people are not smarter than the Almighty. They think they're advanced. They think that, well, I know it says that, but, you know, and, and I, hey, I go to church. I do. And I, that's great. But it's 2018, bro. It's 2018. Really? So Jesus, where it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that verse had an expiration date on it of January 1, 2. Okay. I get, thank you, great one. You are so magnificent and you're smarter than God. Oh, yes. Thank you. No. No, it hasn't changed. Why has the Word of God never changed? And I, we say this, man, because it doesn't need to. I need to change. The Bible doesn't need to change. Amen? And there's so many people, right, that they're, they want to adjust Scripture to fit their life. They don't want to adjust their life to fit Scripture. Do you realize how horrific that ends 100% of the time? Because God is never wrong. The Bible is never, ever, ever wrong. This thing has a 100% success rate for thousands of years, and yet here we are because we have smartphones now 
we know better than this. No, you don't. And for, this needs updated like every two weeks anyway. So it doesn't, obviously, it's not that good. And yet, this has gone 8,000, 6,000 years without needing one update. And this needs updated about every week. What's up with that? This is a lot more secure. And this is a better foundation. Amen? Let's just throw this up there. I'm running out of time. Isaiah 119. Let's look at this. If you can turn to it if you want, but I'm going to throw it up on the screen. If you are willing and obedient... You shall eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good. That sounds like a blessing right there. But there's a lot of people like they they do one or the other. Well, I'll obey it, but <laughs> they throw a fit the whole time. They're they're maybe obedient, but they're not willing. And there's a lot of people like, oh, yeah, I'm willing to do that, but they never actually do it. And they're wondering why they are not eating the good of the land. Well, you got to be willing and obedient. To eat the good of the land and walk in the blessing of God. So, that brings the question right here. What is the good of the land? Would you like to know? Would you like to eat the good of the land? We located the good of the land. It's in Fresno. And the young adults are going to eat it on Saturday. (laughs) Our young adults group is going to eat a six-foot burrito together. I don't know. That's kind of weird, but they're excited, so... And I think a giant, they're driving four hours to eat a giant burrito. But good for you guys. That's good. You have fun with that. <laughs> Take pictures. But, but no, the good of the land. Let me show you quickly here, quickly. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And we're going to look at what this is called the blessing. This is the good of the land. Now, a lot of people are like, well, that's in the Old Testament. What are you talking about? Well, listen here, man. Listen, this is the blessing of God. You don't, you don't diss the blessing of God. I know people in our day and age, well, yeah, but that's old covenant. Well, good for you, but guess what? Hebrews 8, 6 says that I've got a better covenant with better promises. And so if you don't, if this, if this doesn't fit for you, then fine, whatever. Deuteronomy chapter 28, we're going to look here at what the blessing is. And you just tell me if you would like to have this in your life. Now, some of it coming from a, you know, more of a, a farming and agricultural society, you may think, well, I don't have crops. Well, okay, apply it to your finances. Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you fully obey the Lord your God, say fully obey. fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. Who wants that? You will experience all these oh, blessings If you obey, say, if you obey the Lord, your God, your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Who wants their kids to be blessed? I just I got to obey. I just got to obey the words of the Lord, my God. And he promises I'll bless your kids. That sounds pretty fantastic. He says your crops and your your children will be blessed. Uh, uh, the offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. That means your food supply. Who wants plenty of grub? Come on. Who wants food to be plenteous in your house? Amen. I do. Well, guess what? If I obey the Lord, my God, he's going to bless the cupboards in my house. Wherever you go and whatever you do, wherever you go. Whatever you do, you will be blessed. Can you imagine everywhere you go, you're a success? You see some people like that, like everything they touch, like turns to gold. Listen, when you walk in the blessing of God, 
everywhere you go, everything you do will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They'll attack you from one direction, but they'll scatter from you in seven. That sounds like a blessing, doesn't it? Can you imagine you get attacked by the enemies and all of a sudden they came in, in one direction. They scattered seven directions. Why? Because I've got the blessing of the Lord my God because I am a doer of the word of God. I don't just hear it. I don't just talk about it. I actually do it. And I'm talking about all of us in here. All right. So the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. Can you imagine? You've just, you've got God's stamp right on you. Like, oh, he belongs to God. Back off. Do not mess with him. It says the nations of this world will stand in awe of you. Because you've got the blessing of the Lord on your life. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore your ancestors to give to you. Prosperity. That's talking about financial blessings. And some people are like, well, don't talk about money. The Bible talk, don't talk about money. The church don't talk about blah, blah, blah. It says right there that if I obey and I'm a doer of the word, that God's going to bless me with prosperity in the land he swore to give me. Blessing you with many children. I've, I've found that one out. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Numerous livestock and abundant crops. I've got one dog and it's a schnoodle and that's all I need. I don't need any more livestock. But abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today and if you carefully obey them. Right here it is. Old Testament and New Testament. If you listen... And if you obey, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always be on the top and never at the bottom. Does it sound to you like it's a pretty good idea to be a doer of the word? I mean, we just read the blessing there. I pretty much want everything that I just said that we could have right there. I want all that stuff. I want my kids blessed. I want my money blessed. I want my family blessed. I want my nation blessed. I want all these things blessed. And God said, I promise you, I will do this for you if you will listen to my commands and if you will obey them. So the person that thinks they're going to get all this stuff without ever actually doing the word, do you see how deceived they are? Are you, Do you see the full picture we're painting here? Somebody's claiming all these things, like, yes, I'm the head, not the tail. But you never do what the Word says. You hate people. You treat them nasty. You don't tithe. You're mean. You don't serve in the church. You, you're, you, you, you go out and, you know, all the, just do all these things. Listen, and you're going to sit there and claim, I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field, brother. I'm blessed coming and going. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Woo! You're going to claim all that but not be a doer of the word. It doesn't work that way. You listen, you hear the teachings of Jesus, and you obey them, and when you do, he makes it worthwhile. He will bless you in a great big way. So the question to consider tonight is this. Are you obeying the word that you already know? Amen? Let's go ahead and stand up together. We are out of time, friends. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
For more information, visit hdwc.org.